What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Thank you for making me part of your week. In this upcoming episode, I'm going to do something that I haven't, or talk about something that I haven't talked about in a little while, which is UB Sports. We're going to talk a little bit about the UB Bulls basketball team and how they're faring under first year head coach Jim Weitzel. And we're going to talk about the Buffalo Sabres in the second segment and how they have managed to turn things around seemingly in the month of December. So stick around. It's going to be a good episode. Before we start this podcast, I want to take a quick time out to say thank you to everyone who has listened to me and continues to listen to me on a weekly basis. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, I want you to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, or anybody you know that enjoys sports talk about Buffalo. Let them know that they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course on Anchor. If you want to contact me at all, you can get at me at my email, which is sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at sportstalkbuff1. That's sportstalkbuff1 on Twitter to find out the latest news and notes from the show and also my opinions on a lot of the things that are going on in and around sports in general. Again, thank you all for listening. So let's keep this podcast growing and keep the ball rolling. So if you're ready, let's jump right into it. All right, let's jump right into things here in segment number one. We're going to talk about the UB Bulls basketball team. Coming into the year, obviously, we knew there was going to be some some drawback from the last year. There was going to be some fall off, if you if you will, from the last year. Obviously, we didn't think the, uh, the Bulls basketball team was going to set another... Uh, program record in terms of wins uh, like they did last year and the year before that uh, we were in some we were witnessing some really really good basketball the last few years and obviously we're still witnessing some pretty good basketball now under Jim Weitzel but the thing with the UB Bulls basketball team seems to be in consistency and that was a huge fear of mine under new head coach Jim Weitzel when they made that hire I was very, very skeptical of that hire. Now, the jury's still out, in, in my opinion, on Jim Weitzel. He's had some really good wins, but he's had some really, really terrible losses already so far this season. He had been a 10-point favorite against Dartmouth, and they lost in the uh, the home opener against Dartmouth. And in this, in this past game against Army, they were 15.5-point favorites, and they got their doors blown off against Army this past game, but let's go talk about a big game that they did manage to win. They went to uh, Chicago to play DePaul, a previously undefeated DePaul team that many said were going to be ranked in the top 25 the very next day. That was until the UB Bulls came to town and absolutely decided that they didn't care about the hype of this DePaul team they were going to play Bulls basketball, and they were going to beat DePaul in their house. It was a very, very big uh, game. It should have essentially been a season-defining win, but it seems that the Bulls have more season-defining losses this year than season-defining wins. Uh, in this, it was a big game. As I said, DePaul was undefeated going into this game. They were nine and zero coming into Buffalo, and 
In this game, the UV Bulls, they played a very solid game all around. The defensive pressure was high. It was very in-your-face. Everyone seemed to buy in. The energy was high. The Bulls were going all out for everything. They were trying to get every ball that hit the ground. And not saying they don't they, they don't do that, but it, it the game just felt different. It felt like the team from last year and the year before, as opposed to some of the teams that we or some of the games that we have witnessed this year under Jim Weitzel. In this game, the UB Bulls they shot thirty seven percent from the floor, and they also shot thirty two point three percent from behind the arc. That is a very good, uh, a very solid number from behind the arc. Obviously, you want to see the Bulls convert a little bit more in terms of field goal percentage. I would like them to get up over the 40% mark. Uh, that means that they're getting easier baskets and not having to drain so many uh, difficult shots. That also means less rebounds, uh, less uh, you know digging out those rebounds, as we'll talk about in a second. And like I just said, the big story was rebounds. The Bulls out-rebounded DePaul. 53 to 40, including 17 0 rebounds to DePaul's just 11. A huge part of that was Mbala. Mbala had just two points, but he had 14 rebounds, including several offensive rebounds, giving the Bulls extra possessions. And in a close game like this one uh, against DePaul, I believe they won 74 to 69. In a close game against a very tough team, those extra possessions are what matter most. Also having a good game against DePaul was, of course, Javon Graves. Javon Graves has now been the de facto uh, uh, superstar, go-to type guy for the UB Bulls after Massenburg and Perkins have uh, graduated and moved on. Obviously, Perkins playing uh, professionally overseas and C.J. Massenburg playing in the G League in the NBA, in the G League for the NBA. Uh, Another player who had a very strong game in this one was Devontae Jordan. He he only had 12 points, but he had 9 rebounds and 8 assists. He is uh, a couple of stats away from a triple-double. That is a very, very big and solid game. That means he was playing... An all-around game was Devontae Jordan. Now, we move on to the Army game, which was played Saturday afternoon uh, at 2 p.m. at home in Alumni Arena in front of a decent crowd the Bulls had, which was 3,696, I believe. A decent crowd on hand to watch the UB Bulls get their doors blown off by a very subpar Army team. There is no way Army should have even been in this game, let alone dominating it. And that is, I think, what you're going to see a lot of with this coaching staff and Jim Weitzel being the head coach. He was just 109 and 106 in, I believe, eight seasons at Chicago Loyola, and he only had one 20-win season in uh, his in, in the eight seasons that he was the head coach uh, of that program. And that was the biggest concern for me was him coming in and really being able to to continue the momentum. As I said, I didn't think that the Bulls were going to win 30 games. I didn't really even think they were going to win 25 games. But I would have, I really want to see them in the 20 to 25 win 
mark. I believe that they have the talent. They have brought in some really solid recruits. They got Mbala to get the waiver so he can play this year. He came over from the national champion runner-up last year, Texas Tech. They brought in David Nickelberry, who was a very, very solid junior college player last year. They had Gabe Grant, who was another highly thought of recruit. They had, they still had uh, Javon Graves here and Devontae Jordan. Devontae Jordan was, of course, one of the uh, all-MAC defensive players uh, of the year last year. You have Javon Graves, who was ready to elevate and step up into that more of a leadership role as a junior, and he has done a pretty good job so far, in my opinion. And then you have guys like Ronaldo Sugu, who was a very high recruit. You also have Jonathan Williams, who, again, a very high recruit. Jonathan Williams has kind of struggled, and Ronaldo Sugu, he's had some really, really, really good games. He's coming off the bench, obviously, and then some not-so-good games. Today was an example of some not-so-good games, and I really think uh, Weitzel would have benefited, I think, from putting Ronaldo Sugu out there with um, Devontae Jordan. When the Bulls go smaller and faster, it seems like other teams have trouble keeping up with them. But in this one, they, I, if I remember correctly from what I watched, I didn't notice them out on the floor a lot together. I noticed the Bulls trying to go a little bit bigger, and that just did not work out well again. The UB Bulls got out-rebounded 38-32. to They got out-rebounded on the offensive glass 12-11. to And Army really seemed to just dominate this entire game. Seems like once Army took the lead, Buffalo's largest lead in this game was 7. Army's largest lead in this game was 17. There is no way that a team that comes into your building as a 15.5-point dog should bully you like that. There is no team in the MAC that is probably going to have a worse offense than these this Army squad. So the Bulls are really, uh, you know, if they don't find their defensive game and find some consistency, they're really going to be in trouble when MAC play comes around. Consistency is going to be key. If the Bulls can bring the game that they brought against Harvard and brought against DePaul. This Buffalo Bulls team is going to be a problem for a lot of people. They have the talent. It is just a question of if Jim Weitzel and this coaching staff can put these guys in position to succeed at a high level. As I talked about, the Bulls, very, very inconsistent. I can't believe that they have wins against Harvard, which is the Ivy League favorite, and DePaul who was uh, supposed to be a ranked team the very next day. They actually still got votes to be a ranked team even after losing to the Buffalo Bulls the very next day. And uh, as I previously stated a little bit, that was what kind of makes me worry about Jim Weitzel. He's had several games this year where he's had some letdowns. And, you know, the first game, you could say, okay, you know, write it off, either the loss to Dartmouth, you know, guys trying to do things themselves a little bit too much, or, you know, you know, guys rusty, it's the first home game, everyone trying to do a little too much, they're a little nervous, but to come home after a week break, after beating a very solid DePaul team, and then getting curb stomped, essentially, by a very pedestrian army team, is, is an embarrassing loss, and I think that This loss is not necessarily on the players. I think it's on the coaching staff. They really got to have the players ready to rock and roll from from the first tip-off. 
You know, the Bulls do have the talent, but they don't have the talent that they had last year. They can't really have any lulls in the game because if they do, you kind of see what happens. Army shot 50% from three-point range. They also shot 54.7% from the floor. Now, UB shot 48% from the floor, so their offense was fine. It was their defense, which is has been this team's bread and butter under Nate Oates. And somebody like uh, Jim Weitzel has said that he wants them, that to continue to be their bread and butter. Force turnovers, work hard on D, get transition buckets. They didn't do that in this game. They allowed way, way, way too many easy buckets. And the thing that I noticed in this game was the undisciplined play by the Bulls. It seems like on every single shot fake, the Bulls leave their feet and go flying through the air. And it's giving, you know, these other teams a lot of open looks. And if teams start knocking down these open looks like Army did today, the Bulls are going to be in a lot of trouble. They were very, very undisciplined in this game. Uh, lane discipline and, 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 you know, defensive discipline overall. As I said, you know, a lot of the Bulls leaving their feet trying to get that big block. Fantastic. The big block, it, it draws a lot of oohs and ahs. But essentially, you will live with a team that doesn't have great shooters shooting the three often. That means you're not letting them get inside. You're not giving them easy shots. And if you just put a hand in their face, it is going to be a difficult shot to hit for a team that doesn't have a very good offense. With that being said, that's going to wrap it up for this segment. I do want to remind everybody that the UB Bulls football team is going to be playing in their fourth ever bowl game. They are bowl eligible for just for the third straight year, of course, getting bowl games in two of the three years. The Bulls are playing in their second straight bowl game. This is the Bahamas Bowl against the Charlotte 49ers. It is on ESPN at 2 p.m., and the Bulls will be looking to earn their first uh, bowl game victory in program history. You don't want, really want to miss that one. We have a running back, if you haven't heard of him. His name is Jarrett Patterson, and I will guarantee you that kid is going to the NFL. You want to watch him play he is one of the all-time great running backs for the UB Bulls. It is going to be a great game, and it is on in the afternoon as the Bulls play in the Bahamas. They have a real solid shot at earning their first ever Bull victory. So stick around for that. In the next segment, we're going to talk about the Buffalo Sabres and how they have seemingly turned the corner from a dreadful November and really started to pick up their play as of late in December and how they are... Uh, uh, sitting in a playoff spot in this next segment, so stick around. Alright, let's jump right into segment number two and start talking about the Buffalo Sabres. Now, this segment's not going to be very long. I just wanted to touch a little bit on the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, this this whole episode's not going to be that long, as I'm going to probably put out another episode not long after tomorrow, after the Bills play in prime time. It's a Bills... You know, something the Bills haven't really had a chance to do in a very long time, and that's win and you're in the playoffs. That's going to be a very, very big game for the Buffalo Bills against a very strong 8-5 and five Pittsburgh Steelers team. But on to the Buffalo Sabres. Right now, they currently sit second in the Atlantic Division, three points ahead of Montreal. And that is a, an, if you would have told us in November that that's where the Buffalo Sabres were going to be, 
roughly halfway through December, you would take that all day, every day, no questions asked. Was the last month of hockey for the Buffalo Sabres rough? Absolutely. It was dreadful to watch and and pay attention to. It was that bad. But it looks like the Sabres are starting to find the, their winning ways again and starting to play a little bit more like they did at the beginning of the year when they started the year off 9-2-2. Two, and two. In their past 12 games, the Buffalo Sabres are 6 wins, two losses, and four overtime losses. Now, I know that that doesn't sound like a huge deal. Six and two sounds good, but then you add in the four overtime losses, and people will say the Sabres are essentially six and six, but that is not the case in a league where you have to grab points. The Sabres have now grabbed 16 of the last 24 points, and they have gotten points in nine of the last 10 games. That is a very, very big thing in a division where it looks like, you know, teams two and three have a real uh, good shot at maybe playing average to slightly above average hockey of making the playoffs. That would be absolutely huge for the Buffalo Sabres who have not made the playoffs now, I believe in eight years. That is a very long streak. I believe it's the longest in the N- actively in the NHL. And I would really love to see Jack Eichel get some playoff experience. He's finally starting to get a little bit of the notoriety that he does deserve. And he has really, this season, taken the next step in his development. He has becoming the player that we, that we all thought he was going to be when they drafted him second overall, one pick behind Connor McDavid, who of course is absolutely on another planet in terms of how good he is. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl's really coming through too. Um, on that team, those two guys are really carrying the Edmonton Oilers. But back to Jack Eichel, he has not really gotten the love and respect of guys like uh, McDavid and Matthews and Marner and and McKinnon, and and a lot of these guys. And I think Jack Eichel absolutely, having watched him play over the last few years, he absolutely 100% deserves to be in that group. You started to see it a little bit last year. He averaged over a point per game, and it was his first, essentially, since his rookie year, it was his first completely healthy year, and he, or, or almost completely healthy year. Uh, and he started to really, really, it seemed like the light bulb went on. And this year, the light bulb is as bright as ever. Jack Eichel is now on a 16-game point streak, the longest in the NHL this season. He's just a few games shy of tying the team's franchise record in terms of a point streak held by you-know-who, Gilbert Perot. I believe it's 19 games. Uh, Eichel on the season has... 34 and 34 games has 23 goals. Let me say that one more time. In 34 games, Jack Eichel has 23 goals. They said he said he wanted to shoot more. He said he wanted to become more of an elite scorer. And this year he is really, really showing that he can be an elite scorer. He has 25 assists to go with his 23 goals. And he is sitting at 48 points. But I think the big thing here is Jack Eichel has never really been a plus player in his career. He's always been a really big offensive threat. But something that he has really worked on and it's really showing this year is his plus minus. 
He is a plus 14 for the year, and I believe his best year was last year. He was like a minus two, something like that. Jack Eichel is really being responsible in his own end, and it is really showing, and it is trans, uh, translating into offensive opportunities uh, for Jack Eichel, who is on pace for 55 goals and 115 points this year. He would be one of just three Sabres, I believe, to hit the 100-point mark, something like that. Um, and he is he is just on an absolute tear right now, and he is absolutely garnering the respect and the you know the attention of the hockey world with how good he is playing. He is showing everyone what the people of Buffalo have known for the past four years, and that he is absolutely 100% elite, and that he is carrying this team on his back as he has done in the past. He is on another planet right now. He is playing lights out, and... Somebody that has really benefited from playing with him, and I think Jack Eichel is benefiting from playing with a guy like uh, Victor Olofsson also. Eichel is 18 points ahead of the next closest guy, who is Victor Olofsson. Olofsson is having a stellar rookie season himself. I know he's not really, a, you know, people don't really want to consider him a rookie. He is an older rookie, but hey, if Artemi Panarin is a rookie, so is Victor Olofsson. Olofsson has... 30 points, he has a plus 6, he has 14 goals and 16 assists so far this year, and he has really, really picked up his game in 5-on-5 play over the last, I would say, month or so uh, that the Sabres have been playing, at least that's what I have noticed. He is not just a power play specialist, he is really, really starting to score 5-on-5 and really creating a lot of chances 5-on-5 with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt. One thing I do want to talk about with the Buffalo Sabres is the fact that I think they're wasting Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner is a top six forward. He is a top line forward. Of course, they want Victor Olofsson to continue to play with Jack Eichel. They've had a very good chemistry and they continue to work well together. And Jack Eichel is just absolutely dominating. So you don't really want to change that. But the fact that they don't have a second line center is really, really hurting Jeff Skinner. You can tell Jeff Skinner has just, I believe, 11 goals, 7 assists, or something like that on the year. Um, He started the year really well with Marcus Johansson, but over the last little while, you can really tell that they are missing sorely that second-line center. And the second-best line on the Sabres has been essentially their fourth line, and that's not ever really a good thing. You don't want your fourth line to be the second-best line that you have on the team. Uh, you really got to go out, trade one of these defensemen, any one of these defensemen at this point. I don't really care. Ristolainen has played played better of late, and that's because they have reduced his minutes. You have a plethora of guys on the back end that you could potentially package. I don't even care if you trade some guys in Rochester. Do what you got to do. Get a second line center in this or on this team right now. Jeff Skinner needs help on the second line for that second tier scoring. For the Buffalo Sabres. If you can get a second line center. Or a a guy who could potentially fill in as a second line center. For the Buffalo Sabres. A top six forward. Something like that. The Buffalo Sabres will be a very dangerous team. And will be a team to look out for. As the season progresses. Another thing that is boding very well for the Buffalo Sabres. Is that Linus Olmark has really taken the reins in the net for the Buffalo Sabres. 
he has a .918 save percentage in the month of December, and he's really given them a chance to win uh, on a consistent basis just about every single night. If you're watching these games, you know, he might let in a soft one here or there, but what goalie doesn't? And he's really, really coming up with some timely saves. Even if he's letting in four goals, he's coming up with big saves and big moments at key moments in the game to really give the Buffalo Sabres the opportunity to to stay in the game and to to get points out of the game and to win the game, essentially. And Ralph Kruger has noticed, and he continues to ride the hot goalie, which is Linus Allmark. Carter Hutton has really struggled of late. He has just a .901 save percentage on the season now, and he just looks out of uh, out of whack. Uh, so hopefully Linus Olmark can hold down the fort for the rest of the season and be a number one goalie for the Buffalo Sabres and get them into the playoffs. That would be something if the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres could make the playoffs in the same year that hasn't happened since 1999, we seem to go back to that glorious, glorious year before the the new millennia has hit. And uh, it was a, a fantastic year for not just the Bills, but for the Sabres. Obviously, the Sabres went to the Stanley Cup final. Um, the Buffalo, no goal, by the way. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, oh man, we really got, you know, that was the year that really kind of started everything going down for the Buffalo, uh, Buffalo franchises there. I mean, the Buffalo Sabres had some good years, but my goodness, overall, very, very bad for the for Buffalo sports franchises. We had the forward lateral pass, the, quote, Music City Miracle, which was absolute trash call. And then we had the no goal, which was another absolute trash call. So Buffalo really on the short end of the stick since 1999, so to speak. But the Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo Bills have a chance to both make the playoffs for the first time since 1999 together. And that would be a really big boost to the area who is obviously sports crazy. There are tons of sports podcasts out there. Mine is one of the many Buffalo sports podcasts out there. So with that, I want to say thank everyone, or I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Uh, if you need to get on me or follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Buff One, you can also hit me up uh, uh, Sports Talk Buffalo at Yahoo Sports Talk Buffalo at yahoo.com. Um, you can message me. Uh, on anchor.com. You can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites and let your friends and family know if you enjoy listening to me. Let's get this out there. Let's get this rolling. Let's keep this podcast growing. And thank you guys for listening. Have a good week.